Marvel 2-in-1 number 56 has a cover by John Byrne and is penciled by George Perez, inked by Gene Day, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Uh, ben pays a visit to Wondar, who is still on his slab, and uh, tells him he's really sorry, you know, I'm sorry you wound up in this mess, I'm sorry I allowed them to experiment on you, and he leaves with tears in his eyes, uh, which I think is a really touching moment. Um, and Wondar says, I forgive you. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of the sum total of what we get of Wondar this issue. Yeah. Um, the rest of the issue is Thundra gets roped into aiding the ga- the grapplers, uh, these female wrestlers, as they break into Project Pegasus, bringing her into conflict with the Thing. Uh, the grapplers are defeated and refuse to answer any questions. Thundra says she is honor-bound not to tell him. And uh, Lightner finishes building the Nth Projector on behalf of Nth Command. So many Nths. Uh, so, this issue, you know... It's a you whole know, lot for a of, lot for a lot happening, not a lot happens. Um, yeah, uh, other other than the other than the moment between Thing and Wondar, uh, it's basically boys versus girls uh, and so forth, and it's just kind of like okay. I mean, even the even the thun or Thundra Thing fight doesn't have the kind of weight it did it should have more weight than any of their fights before because Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what she's doing right now right like she doesn't she doesn't fully comprehend the situation that she's in uh Mm -hmm. she thinks she's she believes what she's been told is that they're doing something dangerous here and she's installing things so that they can stop or it can be stopped Mm -hmm. um but thing shows up so this fight should mean something where it's where it's thing that's the doing the one stopping and she's the problem is that i don't get anything from her other than the platitudes that are like you know the same old thunder line where it's like mm-hmm. we, i you and i should clearly be together because you're the strongest one you're the only one that's ever bested me in battle blah 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 and it's like yeah thunder you're supposed to be more than that now You've yeah. you've been on Earth long enough to absorb more of the culture and like how how it has informed your view of any situation. Like the mm. fact that you've just straight reser- reverted to Amazonia um, is uh, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real. It feels uh, shallow, right? I agree. Yeah. Not really uh picking up on the the uh, the possibilities of the fight. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like let's just do this now. Uh so Marvel 2 and 1 number 57 has a cover by George Perez and is lettered by John Costanza and edited by Roger Stern. Uh, as things in the as thing and the others narrow down the mole within Project Pegasus, Wondar walks through the containment cells, accidentally releasing Solar. Solar tries to find others to help him break out. Uh, his first stop is Electro's cell, and Electro is in a full body cast, so Solar is just like, "Well, fuck you." Uh, and then he finds Claw's so- Sonic Claw. Uh, Claw is able to reconstitute himself, and the two of them battle our three heroes, uh, knocking them out. They There's an initial moment where they're beaten, but then Claw comes to and knocks the, them out, and yada yada yada. But the upshot is, at the end of this, they are knocked out. While all of this is going on, Lightner, having finished the Nth Projector, is now deviating from the plan. So, that brings us to the last issue of this portion of things. 
uh, which is Marvel 2-in-1 number 58. Claw is about to blast Thing point-blank in the temple when he's abruptly discorporated by Wondar, who is A, no longer mentally a child, and B, now calling himself Aquarian. Uh, Leitner, meanwhile, changes himself into the Nth Man and begins sucking all of reality into himself, and our heroes, uh, plus Thundra, defeat him uh, as Giant Man tries to sacrifice himself, revealing that he contracted cancer from his fight with Atom Smasher, but Aquarian puts a stop to that shit. Uh, they manage to defeat the Nth Man. Uh, there's a moment where Thing is just like, by stopping him here, have we doomed another universe to die and all of this? But who knows? Maybe we'll get into that and maybe we won't. Um, so at the end of it all, Thing returns to the Fantastic Four. Uh, Lightner, Deathlock, and Thundra are revealed to have been working for Roxxon, as I covered in the first issue of all this shit. Uh, and it turns out they were trying to prevent uh, Project Pegasus discovering a perpetual fuel source, which would, uh, which would threaten their energy concerns. So that's what it was all for. I don't know. Oil company does evil. Okay. Or like, energy company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do oil. They do yeah. oil. Whatever. Um, so that brings us to the issue that <laughs> caused us to skip a week. Um, yeah. So Marvel 2-in-1 number 59 has a cover by Bob Budiansky and is penciled by Chick Stone, inked by Al Gordon, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. The short version is thus... Uh, Thing and Human Torch are out getting dinner when they encounter a dipshit named Norman Dunsell, who's out to do the things on his, uh, the things on his bucket list before he gets married. Um, and what the re the reason we had to skip is because in the middle of all of this, one of his bucket list items which he wrote when he was a stupid f like you can't go off of lists you write when you're 10 because you're not going to be an astronaut bro and that's that's what this that's what this dude's list basically is he wants to be a cowboy he wants to be a firefighter he wants to be a hard-boiled detective all of this shit and it's just like dude no no um the firefighter bit is where we run into trouble because he jumps on a fire. He basically like runs into a fire station as they're getting a, an alarm throws on a bunch of stuff and hopes that nobody notices, which they don't, uh, and rides the truck out to this fire at the world trade center. In the course of things, he's not doing very well and we have the World Trade Center on fire and people, like, falling out of it. Yeah. And that's why I felt like maybe this wasn't the issue to talk about on September 11th for an, for an episode that would be released on September 14th. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a great... It didn't feel good. Yeah. It, yeah, it didn't... It didn't... It didn't I feel... Got, I got up to this issue and didn't start reading it until after you'd already made this call and as soon as you were like because I, I remembered the cover i was standing in line at fucking cookie mart or wherever and uh when you texted me and i was like because the fire is at the, uh, the world trade center and i go yeah that's not clear on the cover um yep we're not doing that so yeah it's just it's just easier for yeah me and that's all I care about. Uh, <laughs> so. But yeah, it, you know. Edward's an idiot. His fiance, or Norman, whatever. Norman. Is he an nearly idiot. gets himself and others killed. Things. Repeatedly. Thing in Human Torch save everybody. And the fire, you know, seems to be going better once they get the moron that doesn't know what he's doing out of the way. Uh, 
and Thor Thing puts Norman in front of uh what's her name? I know his I fiance. Kn- she gets a name. I don't remember what it is. Dina. Um okay. he, he goes, Take this home. And she's like, I will try my best, but I don't think it's gonna work. You've clearly he'll just do something. And it's like Okay. Uh and they basically walk away being like, Well, I hope we don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. Sad face. Yeah. Um Like, I feel like most of the conversation we have about this issue is probably World Trade Center related. Uh, the issue itself is kind of whatever. And I think if we were doing this, if we were doing this on in a world where 9-11 didn't happen, it would have just been like, whatever, blah, 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 next issue. Yeah, um, it would be very... Or hell, if we were even talking about this in uh, February, it would just be yeah. like, this is a thing that happens. Um, this guy's an idiot and um, is trying is actively trying to get himself and his loved ones and, you know, anyone in the vicinity killed. Uh, right. And, uh, thi- and for some reason gets a happy ending. Like, I... I yeah. It's... Because, okay, after the fire, they go. he goes to try and stop a robbery that he paid a stool pigeon about at a museum. Thor and... Thor. Thing and uh, Human Torch show up to also stop this. They save Norman. He still gets married. There is no safer existence in the Marvel Universe... Than to be a dipshit who's trying to constantly get himself killed. Oh, yeah. That guarantees you will live to a ripe old age. Yeah, no, if you're just um, a regular guy, got a nine to five job, take the train to work, that kind of thing. Dead. Probably. But you do, if you no, are like, some you do dipshit. not get life insurance. But if you're yeah. some dipshit, if you're some dipshit who can prove that he is actively trying to get himself murdered then, yeah, he will... You, you get life insurance all the time. They make money off of you. Yeah. It's... Seriously, like, these are the... These are the... I, it's so frustrating how, like, the people least deserving of a long life in these comics are going to be <laughs> the ones who get it. Um, so, anyway. So, Marvel 2-in-1, number 60... Has a uh, is penciled by George Perez, inked by Gene Day, lettered by John Costanza. Um, Impossible Man accompanies Thing to Alicia's first big gallery opening, posing as his hat. Uh, when the opening is attacked by a bunch of nobodies from Ben's past, uh, Impossible Man helps him defeat them. Uh, and in the process, learns about love, so he decides to create himself a mate. Okay. Yeah. Seriously, I didn't know uh, pop-ups or whatever. Um, pop-upians. Pop-upians. Uh, recreated like an amoeba, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. They yeah. just divide and yep. when he decides to. And uh, I would have loved if they would have just hated each other. Like outright. Just immediately been like... Just immediately been like... You smell weird. Or like, whatever. <laughs> some gross Pepe Le Pew situation where he's just like... Let me love you! And she's like, no! That's creepy! Who gave you that idea? Yeah, and it's weird. It's weird that because he basically buds, uh, that his mate is female. Like, at that point, sexual dimorphism makes no sense. Yeah. Like, just be a pop up uh, Why yeah, does she right. have breasts? Why yeah. does she have breasts? Exactly. She doesn't, they don't need them. If you're, I, if this is I the doubt way. seriously they do. Yeah. Like, what purpose would that? Why? Yeah. 
Anyway, moving on mm-hmm. uh, from that existential horror, <laughs> Avengers Annual Number Nine. Um, plus, if you here, okay, here's the thing: if you, if he were to undergo this naturally, okay, if he were to, if if his budding off into another whole person were to just be a thing that happens okay but because it's a decision he made it isn't like if where he's just like going to do this no matter what right like right yeah uh he if she didn't want to would he then just be like well but i made you this is the reason for which I made you, you must love me. I and am like, your God. I, I don't know. This, I am. Mm. Ew. Ew. Anyway, anyway, Avengers annual number nine has a cover by Don Newton and is written by Bill Mantlow, penciled by Don Newton, inked by Jack Abel and Joe Rubenstein, lettered by John Costanza and edited by Roger Stern. The Avengers come under attack from the robot arsenal again, as well as his command program, Mistress. Uh, In the course of things, the Avengers learn that Arsenal was a fail-safe program from World War II designed by a team that included Howard Stark in case the Axis powers wound up winning the war. While the team keeps Arsenal occupied, Iron Man faces Mistress and unmasks... uh, to show her that he is Tony Stark um, and tells her it's over, at which point the computer self-destructs. The computer having been based on the mental patterns of his mother, Maria. Uh, So, couple things that I like mm -hmm. um, in order of them occurring with... The first is Beast trying to get Hawkeye to chill as shit. And Mm -hmm. failing, because that's the way Hawkeye is, but kind of getting through to him. Like, hey man, you don't need to be like this. And he's like, I kind of do though. And Beast is like, well, alright, fine. Um, I still like the conversation because it's... It isn't successful. I mean, and by that I mean like hawkeye's still a dick but it also feels like something both of them would do Mm -hmm. um and uh what else hank sucks but only a little um easily the best thing about the issue though is the end where tony confronts his mother and watches her die again yep and he's like he says what I think any of us would say in that situation to himself. He doesn't even tell the other Avengers what happened. Yeah. He doesn't even tell. And the, really the only person that he could tell that would understand is Thor. Um, and the Thor, when they find out that it's Howard, you know, Howard's involvement, Thor kind of looks at Tony, looks at Iron Man and goes under his breath. He's like, thine father. And he's like, yep. Because, okay, uh, so yeah. this is going to be weird? And he's like, yeah. Probably. Be, probably. <laughs> um, but at the end, he does what all of us would have do, which is, um, when what you know, what all of us would do when faced with a construct based on the mental patterns of our mothers. We've been there. Um, <laughs> is Who among us? <laughs> is be like, I know that wasn't her. But it still hurts. Mm-hmm. I know that wasn't her, but it still hurts. And I'm going to have to process this. And because I'm Tony, I'll probably do it poorly. Yeah. Um, and it just really works for the character at the very end. Where it's right. just like, I get this moment. Like, it, 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 it nails that landing. Um, right well and you know when you when you consider that 
This is right at or around the time of Demon in a Bottle. Mm-hmm. What you are confronted with is the fact that either this is going on while Tony's alcoholism is getting worse, in which I get it. <sighs> That's not um, good. Yeah. Or it is happening right after he's quit drinking, which is um, not good either. Which is rough because yeah. he's like, if ever there was a time that one were to be like, God, I could use a fucking drink like this would be it. Yeah. But especially because it's so complicated, right? Like it's not your actual mother. Like mm-hmm. it's just that, but you're still going to have all those fucked up feelings that you're then going to, you know, admonish yourself for, even though they're real and valid it's like, yeah, but it wasn't really her. Like, that's going to be in the back of your mind beating up course, on you. I it mean, would this, mean. Being, this being the Marvel Universe. Where, you know, Spider Man wandering around. Yeah. Spider Man had his parents come back from the dead, only it turned out they weren't actually his parents. And, like, you have doppelgangers of loved ones from alternate realities and so on and so forth. Maybe this is completely commonplace. Like maybe this is an emotional situation that everybody like this is, this is the same as a bad breakup or something else in our world where it's just like, it's a thing everybody goes through, man. There's self-help books out there that it's like, so that wasn't your mommy. And, or, you know, whatever. And like... Leonard goes, ah. Or Leonard Sampson is just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, we can work through that. Like, just because this is so You don't so even common, have to come in. We can just... We I can, can do give that you a couple things, yeah. you know, over the phone. And have you considered journaling? You'll be fine. God, if I get told to journal one more time, <laughs> fuck! I'm getting really, really irritated with the amount of time that I've that I have promised some medical professional that I will start journaling, and then knowing I will not do that, yeah. <laughs> and then feeling bad when they're like, "We talked about journaling," and they're like, "Yeah, I didn't do that." I knew I wouldn't when I told you that. Yeah. They're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Have you considered journaling? Shut <laughs> up, Samson. <laughs> uh, so anyway. So these next two, I feel like we can kind of blow through. Because we didn't really cover... We didn't uh, cover Omega the Unknown oh. at all. No. So we have, you know, we reading this have no context... For any of this shit. And you, if Uh you're following along, have no context for this shit. So, you know, I guess if you want to go read Omega the Unknown and then follow it up with these issues of of Defenders, go with God. I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, you have my blessing. Uh... You poor doomed (laughs) bastard. Uh... (laughs) Uh, Defenders number 76 is written by Stephen Grant, penciled by Herb Trimpey, inked by Steve Mitchell, lettered by Clem Robbins, and edited by Al Milgram and Mary Jo Duffy. Uh, everyone's trying to find Omega the Unknown and James Michael Sterling, despite the fact that Omega the Unknown is dead, uh, including Ruby Thursday and these random aliens. The Defenders call for help bringing Moon Dragon into the fight, which will only serve to make things more messed up. Kyle Richmond, meanwhile, is presented with an injunction preventing him from becoming Nighthawk under penalty of law. Which, yeah. Anyway. Uh, The um, only thing that I will say that is sort of positive about these issues is that uh, Jan, Hellcat, and Val get to do, like, Avengers work during all of this. And it's nice to see three characters, three female characters that don't get to do a lot of punching. Well, okay, Val gets to do a lot of punching. But, like don't get a lot of work outside doing like real Avengers shit 
And yeah. And with that comes, like, all of the confusion of what the fuck is going on and them handling that and being, you know, trying to figure out the information and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, skirting across or skirting is a terrible turn of phrase, but hop skipping around the country trying to, like, figure out what the hell is happening. And, like, Moondragon shows up and uh, just annoys the piss out of Jan in a way that I find really like okay, um, because Moon yeah. Dragon's annoying sometimes, and like Jan's super sensitive to that. Well, especially Moon Dragon right now. Moon Dragon at this point in time mm-hmm. is so far up her own ass. Yeah, that yeah, of course she like she gets people's hackles up because she's just like you fucking idiots. I am a goddess of the mind. And and it's just like, man. Well, and also, up. like, so she just starts peeling thoughts off of people as soon as she's in the same room with them. Mm-hmm. And at one point, even uh, Patsy is like, hey, that's not that cool if you could not do that. And mm-hmm. uh, she's like, it's in the next, it's in the last, no, it's at the end of this issue, isn't it? Where... Everybody's getting stomped on, and uh, they're fighting a bunch of women, which means that Val isn't as effective. Mm-hmm. And um, the mutate mutants show up. Whatever. Uh, that's that's, that's in next the next chunk of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So it's 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 a com- I like the complication of having most of the like grunt work that val would normally just plow through like if this were an army of dudes she's just done with them right yeah because they they fall before her right but because it's a bunch of women she's like you fucking where are those mutants i need them here so i can feel useful and they finally show up and she's already getting basically taken out of the fight by the the grunt work which confuses Mm -hmm. the shit out of hellcat and jan because they're just like normally she just what's going on Um, yeah Yeah. anyway these these are these are what they are yeah so yeah and ruby thursday is here and she's trying to incorporate omega the unknown's technology into her own but whatever um Defenders number 77 was uh, written by Stephen Grant and Mark Grunewald, inked by Al Milgram, Chick Stone, and Steve Mitchell, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, The origin of Omega, the Unknown, and James Michael is revealed. Uh, It turns out that these robot aliens had designed newer, better models to be placed in other races who would then do stuff and wind up leading to a new survival for their race. But then it turns out that Omega became too powerful, so they had to destroy him and James Michael, who is a robot, blah, blah, blah. Uh, James Michael is getting powered up by the life force of the Earth, so he destroys himself rather than let his friends come to harm. And Wasp blasts Ruby, uh, blowing her circuits out the back of her head. (laughs) Um, After it's all said and done, Moondragon just absolutely drags the Defenders for fucking everything up so badly and takes the remains of the two robots to see to their burial. While all of this is going on, Hulk has been uh, accosted and bested by this weird silver thing which it turns out has been sent by the unnameable one from Tunnel World, because we're back to that, uh, and he has something implanted in his mind. Hooray. Um, Cultural evolution is a weird thing in Marvel Comics, because, like, maybe, I, you know, I'm not an anthropologist, or a sociologist. I don't know how this stuff works, but it doesn't... 
to get to a point where your species no longer has viability and you're also at the top of the food chain doesn't seem like a thing um that's just weird and anytime the Cree talk about it too i'm like what what how does that work Mm -hmm. um and it's never fully explained it's just like our species is dying because we can no longer what are you are you too susceptible to the viruses that you made on your planet or what like what is the deal and it's just no we just can't do it anymore (laughs) i mean i get that like exactly on an individual basis sure you reach a certain age and you're just kind of like uh uh, just what even is the point yeah but like, like on a on a socio cultural level i i sociobiological level i don't understand how that works because yeah. you're made up of too it, the the organization then is made up of too many parts to allow it to die i, I don't know we say from america um <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, Avengers number one. Well, no, actually, no, that that helps me sort of where I'm like, because eventually the situation becomes so whatever. In our case, it's. um, It's like the rise and fall of Rome, right? Like eventually mm-hmm. the situation becomes so untenable that it just collapses in on itself and then new things happen. It's not like humanity died because of the collapse of rome there was right. a problem for that area of the world for right. a while but like humanity itself con- continued to be right. shitty um it's but this is just that on a on planetary a scale racial planetary scale yeah. yes and so that i'm saying okay the system collapses your weird robot collective even if it's robots the system collapses in on itself something else continues right Right. like you're not all destroyed you're still the top of the food chain i -hmm. don't yeah i i just don't buy it i guess is what i'm saying yeah Um, and maybe i'm an idiot and not a sociologist i've said that and i'll admit to an idiot all the time um so but i i just don't it never feels well explained enough to me for me to buy it Mm -hmm. um yeah. All right. Moving on. Sorry. You're fine. Uh, Avengers number one eighty nine has a cover by John Byrne and Terry Austin, and is written by Stephen Grant and Roger Stern, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Dan Green, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Roger Stern. I will. I will confess right off the bat. I'm excited because. Issue number 190 of Avengers is the first issue of Avengers that I ever read. Ooh. Um, so we are like right on the cusp of like, I remember this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so having, having been rendered a reservist Avenger... Hawkeye finds a new job at Cross Technological Enterprises and manages to capture Deathbird on his first day on the job. Gyrick absolutely loses his shit because Scarlet Witch extends her leave of absence, and when the Avengers push back, he declares this the end of the Avengers. Um, as I recall, Gyrick gets kind of put back in his place somewhat next issue. Uh, okay. It's been a while since I read it, but I feel like they kind of they kind of go and talk to this government council that oversees Gyrick, and they're just like, "This is kind of bullshit." And the council's kind of like, "Yeah, it is kind of bullshit." <laughs> like Gyrick, shut the fuck up, man. Um, well, and like, so <clears throat> Wanda's just like, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about babies and visions, like, in what manner? And it's like. <laughs> dude no dude <laughs> and he's just to- that's hilarious to me he's that she's just like i'm thinking about how crystal and uh pietro are expecting and he's like mm-hmm, it is very interesting and it's like in his just wanna- defense he's like three <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> 
I do kind of want one of them to take him aside and be like if Cap took him aside and was like, um, she's uh, thinking about babies, huh? And he's like, yes, it is. It appears to be a topic of great interest for her. Uh, do you do you have any inkling to why? Mm-mm. No, no. It's she says it's because of human humans are a mystery to me still, uh, Captain. I I confess that she wants to have a baby vision. <laughs> <laughs> like at some point, he just interrupts her and is like, "She wants to have a baby." And then that just shuts Vision down for like 30 seconds, which is weird. And he's like, he comes back and he's like, you have given me lots to process, Captain. Thank you. Okay. You need help? I might. All right. Uh, Anyway. um, And I think it's totally reasonable that she comes in and she's like, hey, before you take off uh, Miss Marvel, uh, you know, off the roster, just know I don't want to be put back on yet. And uh, Cap's like, yeah, we should be able to handle that. That shouldn't be a problem because it shouldn't. And he gets on the horn with Gyrick and Gyrick loses his shit to everyone in the room going, well, that's a bit much, man. Um, yeah. And we're superheroes. We deal in a bit much. Um, well, and I, I like the fact that, you know, when Gyrick actually arrives at the mansion, they they're like telling him, we cannot conscript people. Yes. We cannot force people to be on this team if they do not want to be. Um, you need to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the other thing that, uh, you know, one thing I do want to kind of touch on. I get Hawkeye being mad about getting kicked off the Avengers. I get that. Yes. However, uh-huh. when he goes back to his shitty little apartment, he has a picture of Falcon on a dartboard. And it's just like, you know, man, Falcon's not your problem. Like, yeah. being mad at Gyrick, sure. Being mad at Iron Man or Cap for not having your back in all of this, I get that. Falcon's just a dude. Yeah. Like he's no more thrilled about being an being made an Avenger than you are about his be, being your replacement. Yeah, because like, he's not a happy about he wouldn't mind being there, sure, but the circumstances have been right. spelled out to him very clearly and as to why he's there and he gets to feel pissed off about that. So right. like Nobody's happy here, buddy. You're not making it better for anyone. So right. if you, and maybe, you know, this is just Hawkeye's kind of a selfish guy in the comics. And he needs, he's still got a lot of growing up to do. And yeah. this is one of those, like, if you just wait for a minute and like talk to him, because even Falcon, when he arrives at the earlier in the issue, he arrives at the, um, at the mansion and is you know they get yelled at for something else and uh he he's like hey man um can i talk to you for a minute and hawkeye's just like and it's clear that what he wants to do is like bury the hatchet isn't quite right but be like we're cool right like i'm not exactly excited about I this don't either want this yeah, you know yeah like i'm not i'm not your enemy here and yeah. hawkeye won't even listen to him and it's just like right. well now you're now, now it's you're being hard. a dick now it's hard for me to care about what the fuck you care about for the rest of the issue because yeah. you were a dick to Falcon when all he was trying to do was be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And that's... Alright, fine, buddy. Um, the one thing about the end of the Avengers finger quotes that is fun is uh, <laughs> Gyrick declares the end of the Avengers and someone off screen goes, Again? But that trick never works. And someone goes, shut up, Beast. <laughs> it's just like, thank you. Thank you, Beast. Hank, you get it. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, we round things out with a couple issues of Defenders. Uh, Defenders number 78 has a cover by Ed Hannigan and Bob McCloud. 
and is written by Ed Hannigan, penciled by Herb Trimpey, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Ben Sean, lettered by Clem Robbins, and edited by Al Milgram and Mary Jo Duffy. Uh, Namor, Hulk, and Strange prepare to travel to Tunnel World as the Defenders, Wasp, and Yellow Jacket, who came to pick them up, act as a taxi service for James Michael's friends. But they get diverted by an attack on a military base. So they drop the kids off in a nearby town and go to face the forces that are attacking this base, both mutant and femme. And I'm just saying that's their names, femme force and mutant force. Uh, Yellow Jacket gets captured in the Donnybrook and the defenders go to the nearby town to pick up the kids and try to get a lead on Yellow Jacket, but they are betrayed by Amber, uh, one of the kids uh, who, yeah. And then Strange et al. Uh, meet this dude, Eroica, in Tunnel World, who is a golden man with wings on his head. That's that's pretty, mu pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I have more to say about the next issue, honestly. Okay. Um, Defenders number 79 has a cover by Rich Buckler and Bob McLeod, penciled by Herb Trimpey and Ed Hannigan, uh, colored by Carl Gafford. Um, in Tunnel World, the original Defenders rest in a field where Eroica probes their histories and passes on his own, explaining to them who he is and why, how he fits into all of this. On Earth, the Defenders are overwhelmed by Femme Force, um, and Jan is caught in a jar, and they poke air holes for her. <laughs> um, uh, they're brought before Mandrill and fall under his power. Wasp, however, uh, does not. And we find out it's because Diane, uh, the one of the kids with them, uh, covered her air holes, which prevented her by being affected by or from being affected by Mandrill's pheromones. Um, so they are able to escape uh, and call Nighthawk for help. While this is going on, we get one of my favorite moments in this issue, which is where Diane is like, so why didn't Mandrill's pheromones attack me? Why didn't I fall in love with him? And Wasp is just like, well, I think it's because you're too young. And Diane's like, is this because I haven't gone through puberty yet? And Jan's just like, well, as much as I'd like to have this conversation, we have other stuff to do. <laughs> uh, Jan, teach me about being a woman. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> it's, it's so good because, like, they don't just have Jan flat out be like, I am not the person to have this conversation with you. But, but she does. She's just like, well, there's other stuff to be done. Oh, look, I need to call Nighthawk. <laughs> um, Nighthawk, for his part, is just like, well, I've been ordered by the court not to be Nighthawk anymore. So, of course, I'm going to come help. Fuck yeah. it. Um, while that is going on, Mandrill sends his army, uh, now led by Valkyrie, to attack the military base again. So, yeah. Um, I enjoy when... So, there are two things that I love about when Mutant Force shows up. Number one is the fact that they have the shittiest mutant names of all time. Uh-huh. Because every night one of their names is blank-er. And, and where blank is whatever their power is. What I do. Lifter, burner, slither, uh, you know, on and on Shocker. and on. And they've peepers. got peepers. Peepers I love because he's got like the, just, he's got big eyes and like is able to see a lot. And it's just kind of like, cool, bro, you know. You do you, I guess. I mean, that does um, actually help in the first issue where he's like, where Hank's driving the, uh, Pim's driving the, the Quinjet and he's like, okay, we're coming up on the, the 
the base everybody i'm gonna drop low before they can see us meanwhile in the previous in the previous panel peepers is like quinjet incoming it's just like hey peepers got to do some work good for you my guy um Uh, yeah yeah uh Mandrill, it turns out, his whole thing is he's trying to steal gold from the military base, which he will then use to reinforce his armies and then take over the country. Um, Which, I don't know, like... It's about as good as any of the other uh, Mandrill-like plans. The fundamental problem, though, is you have powers that work on only 51% of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that power, you just look like a like a an ape, or a, I guess it's a is a, man, a mandrel's a monkey, isn't it? Because it has a tail whatever not not your guy um you look like a primate um Mm -hmm. and you like all they need is a male sniper to post up on a building and that's it you're done your armies are disbanded your plan has failed and your brains are all over the podium you were ranting at yeah like there's there's no there is no uh world in which this works out the way he thinks it's going to yeah and that's without even getting into all of the problems with his powers but just just the fact that it's it's like there are huge swaths of the population uh, that do not respond to your abilities, uh, a lot of whom make up the military mm-hmm. and everything. So this idea that he's just going to be like, build my army, dot, 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 take <sighs> over the country, the end? And it's just like, no, no. I think you're so. missing you're missing a lot of the uh, components there. Yeah. I mean it works in Fallout playing as play you know the thing you do in the modern Fallout games is for, meaning 3 on is uh you play as a woman and then you take uh uh Black Widow as your very first perk the the soonest you can get it and then you just ramp that shit up because most of the people you're fighting in the wasteland are men that doesn't work here (laughs) like that is not the situation (laughs) nope so anyway top five top five the watcher's guides top five top five all right number five um in the Marvel universe, in the Marvel Comics universe, want to live forever? Charge into peril, because there will be somebody who has to save you, and they will. Basically, the bigger the idiot, the longer your life expectancy. At least you. Well, won't, I was gonna. I was gonna, gonna say get hit because by a train. Right. It's not just. It's not just. You can't. You can't just be a fearless person because that can still get you killed. You have to be a fearless idiot. Because if you are fearless and at all competent, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. If you are fearless and suck at everything, dude, like... If you're fearless and at all competent, you're going to die in a Nick Fury story. Um, If you're fearless and an idiot, Thor will save you. Yeah, or thing, probably it, thing, really. It really is like, you know, competent people because we continually see people who are not superheroes, mm-hmm. but who 
are good at their jobs, good at the things that they do, and who constantly face impossible odds. And for those people, just don't start any long books. <laughs> start, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna read if you're gonna read a book, make sure it's one you can finish over a weekend because you're probably gonna die wondering how it ends. Yeah. Um, I I am I am <laughs> definitely thinking of like a. Silver Surfer number three, where that completely competent, well-meaning man gets dead by the end of it. And it's just like, well, and it's affecting and it works. But at the same time, it's like, ah, man, I feel bad for him. Yeah. (sighs) You know, and and like either one of two things is going to happen. Either your death will motivate the superhero. Mm hmm. Your death will create a supervillain. Mm-hmm. No, three things. Sorry. Your death will motivate a hero. Your death will create a supervillain. Or your death will cause a hero to sit there and be like, you know, we're not really the real heroes. God. So sad. And when it's the third one is when it sucks the most. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Number four. Hank, you get it. Thank you, Beast, for saying it out loud to to Gyrick, being like, that again? That never works. And it's like, yeah, we know. Thank you for <laughs> treating me, the reader, as some kind of competent person. Uh, number three is, what's the deal with Wondar? And I mean that in, like, a real sense. Like, I like that as a... I don't think anyone ever does anything with Aquarian. And if they do, it's probably not something, it's definitely not something I've read. Um, But like the fact that he's out there just kind of being a strange, not implicit threat, but like he could be a threat. Um, And I, I like that as an idea for, you know, somebody could deal with that later. Um, the fact that I have never heard of it means that if they did, they probably didn't do a great job. Um, and uh, he ends up in space or something. Um, but I, I do, as a like world building character seeding thing, mm-hmm. it's well done. Um, yeah. Then number two is, we didn't really get to talk about it, but I really liked it, even though at that point in the book I don't like him, is the uh, the Hawkeye-Deathbird fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good fight, and if I remember correctly, and you'll tell me I'm wrong, is, uh, don't they become an item later? Hawkeye and Deathbird? I'll have to look it up later, but I am not aware. Uh, it's not that big a deal. Because I... The fight is more important. It's a good fight. It showcases Hawkeye's ability to do all the things that we were talking about during the Scree Curl- or Cree Scroll War is like, don't count Hawkeye out just because he's only a dude with a bow. Like he can dip and move and like be really inventive with his surroundings in order to, you know, either survive or capture someone who should by all rights be murdering him within minutes. Um, Are you, are you thinking of Mockingbird? Probably. Yeah. Okay. That was his wife who died. Um, But it's a good fight. Uh, and then uh, uh, number one is with a bullet. It's Iron Man and Mistress, just because they handle it really well. I know we made a lot of like hash out of it later, but like in the issue, they handle it really well. It's something that feels true to the character. And you know, you brought up like if you've been reading Iron Man as well, when this takes place adds a different layer of context to it for him as a person and like mm-hmm. how rough that would be again. Um, it's, it's a really good moment in a story that otherwise I was ready to write off because I was so tired of the arsenal thing that once they introduced 
Howard's involvement, I was like, oh shit, that's going to be Maria. Like, I knew it immediately. And even as soon as... The fact that Tony is on the same page as I am, like as soon as he finds out that there is a computer that is controlling it and it's called Mistress, you can see his mind go, fucking dad, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I'm not even there yet, and I know my dad. He did. Uh, yeah. I thought that was really cool as well to not treat not treat the character as an idiot. If it's something that the reader got to fast enough, then Tony should get there too. And I thought that was well done as well. So Right. Well, and it looks like... It looks like um, it was... This would have been concurrent, released concurrent with the last issue of Demon in a Bottle when he's sobering up. So that would have been like really bad. Yeah, that would have been a rough time for him. Yeah, um, because the the <clears throat> uh, it looks like the publication. Like, the street date for it would have been probably March of 1970. Well, well somewhere in that. Because it was, it was dated November 1979, which means probably... Um, it probably would have been released about August. Um for the last issue of demon in a bottle where he dries out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the street date for the annual was July of 1979. So yeah, he would have, he concurrent to that would have been him, uh, spiraling. Mm-hmm. So Fuck fuck yeah so yeah that was your number one right yep Yep. that was my number one um number five for me is the first appearance of songbird i love thunderbolts uh so screaming mimi shows up showing up is like yay Mm -hmm. uh number four is Jan straight up noping out of the talk with Diane. <laughs> I forgot about that. I wanted to add that. That was a really fun moment. Yeah. Uh, number three is... I I came up with the full title. Uh, so that wasn't your mommy. Dealing with, dealing with shapeshifters, clones, alternate reality doubles, and androids with her memories... Uh, number two thing, apologizing to Wondar, uh, for failing to protect him and Wondar forgiving him. Uh-huh. And, uh, number one is Tony at the end of Avengers annual because yeah, that was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love yeah. it when they handle shit. Well, Yeah. Like that that's the thing. It's like, you know, when when comics are dumb, you're just kinda like eh? okay. It's yeah, comics. Mm, yeah. It's comics. Um but when they handle it when they handle it this deftly, you know And deft is a really good word for it because it's just like this is a situation and this is how it would play out and we're not making too big a deal of it because right. we're letting you, the reader, interpret the evidence that I've given you. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's good. That's yeah. that's all you had to do was just put it there and be like, this would be fucked up, right? I bet, yeah. to- I bet Tony's fucked up about this. And he kind of acknowledges that, yeah, I'm, I'm fucked up about this. And, yeah. then go- and then we move on and just let it sit. It's like, that's yeah. perfect, man. All you gotta yeah. do is that. Yep. So, uh, so that is it for us this week. Join us next time when we will be reading some more Defenders, which, woof, 
uh, Marvel two and one and some Thor. Um, in the meantime, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Email us at watchersguide at gmail.com. Like us on Twitter. Follow us both, or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, both individually and at watchersguidemu. And visit our website at watchersguide.com, where you can download episodes of the show and see all of our reading lists going back to the very first episode. Have a marvelous week. Bye.